back to another episode of Doom to Bloom podcast. Today we have a special guest, Julianne Miller, who's going to speak with us about financial supports during mental health struggles. Hi, Julianne. Hi, Jacqueline. Thanks How are for you? having me. Oh, thank you for being a guest. It's always very appreciated, and I'm excited to hear what you are going to tell us about today. Well, I was excited to hear that you are holding a podcast for um, people that are struggling with mental health issues. Right now, we have a lot of people in the country and in the world who are struggling with mental health. And specifically in my line of work, I see the struggles that they have with their money and their everyday bills. So I thought it was important that we connect and that we talk about that. That's awesome. I, to be honest, I'm also, um, I work in the field as well. Um, more so with the homeless, um, in my area and then like working through their addiction and mental health, legal involvement, that kind of thing. But I didn't actually know that there was services that support those financially when they're struggling mentally. So I'm really excited to hear the services that you provide. Thank you. Um, so I am a, um, I am certified as a financial counselor. I am in private practice. Um, so some of the people that I work with, you know, are able to hold a job. They might have some outside, outside resources. Um, but for the most part, you know, they can make decisions in their life on the kinds of services that they need. Um, and so I'm fortunate that way um, that I can be in private practice and help them. It gives me some flexibility in how I can help them as well. A lot of times there are, you know, different areas of their finances that um, they know they struggle with because of their mental health illnesses. And so I've worked with clients who have bipolar, who have depression, um, maybe high anxiety, um, and even ADHD. Um, some of the types of issues that I often will see, um, I will see that there might be a lot of overspending um, because of the you know, various episodes that they might have difficulty with. Um, I might see some, you know, some problems with, um, oh, now I'm going to lose my train of thought. <laughs> you know, I might see some different problems with um, the way they look at their bills. You know, they might not be paying their bills on time. They might be, you know, um, just really, you know, they're not paid on time or else they're, you know, overspending on them. You know, they figured, oh, this, this entire credit bill is due now. Um, whereas, you know, some people might just make a payment on it, you know? Um, so there's kind of an irrational thought process sometimes to it. Um, you know, they're inconsistent. They might not keep a routine um, in the way they plan out their money uh, like some of us do. So there's, those are just a couple of the different um, challenges that I see that they face. So when you say that you're in private practice as a financial coach, does that mean that certain agencies or companies or other professionals can refer them to you? 
Um, I have had people do that. Um, I have had therapists who will refer um, clients to me because they know that I work with um, clients that have mental health challenges. But is it mostly like self-referrals, like people seeking you out themselves for support? Yes, um, I do have um, the bulk of my clients will self-refer. Um, they specifically will look for either money management or bill paying, um, you know, maybe financial coaching or financial advising. Um, I am not a financial advisor. That's somebody who's generally does investments and retirement, those kinds of advanced, you know, um, kinds of services. I'm more along the lines of budgeting and spending plans, credit and debt. And how does one get into your role? Is it just like, I know there's so many different, I guess, coaching realms that is this something that you need to go to like post-secondary for? Is it just like, is there a different avenue to get to where you are? Um, so to answer your question, you're right. There are a lot of different financial um, types of services. Some of them require more advanced training, uh, for example, certifications or bachelor degrees. Um, financial coaching is not required to have any kind of formal um, certification. Now, as a financial counselor, um, I specifically wanted to reach out to get certified, to become certified, because I felt that my clients would better understand that I'm a professional who is here to help them. So I have the ed education and the experience to be able to do that. Now, were you in the financial realm prior to doing financial counseling, or how did you end up actually working with the clientele that you work with? Uh, for a long time, I was in an accounting office, so I saw a lot of people who struggled with their money, and I really felt that I wanted to help them on a more personal level. That's awesome. And what is, what's the feedback like that you get from those that are struggling? Um, I get a lot of feedback that people who tell me that I kind of bring calm to them. Mm -hmm. I'm really someone who will sit and listen to the challenges that they're facing. Um, I don't judge them for anything that they're going through. I hold a lot of integrity. On, you know, I live in a small town, and it's important to me that everything they tell me is confidential. You know, it's not something I share outside of my office. And so a lot of people are very uh, pleased to hear that. Um, so they really tend to trust me. And like I said, they, you know, when they come here, they feel like they're trust, they can trust me, they can listen to me, and I listen to them, and they really feel like, you know, they're being heard. When you say that you're from a small town, where exactly are you located? Um, Tonkinic is in a small town outside of Wilkes-Barre and Scranton, PA. Okay. I was going to say, so that's the States, right? I am. <laughs> I'm in the States, yep. Do you have, like, I know you mentioned confidentiality and it doesn't leave your office. Do you have certain, I guess, guidelines or rules that you have to follow to potentially breach the confidentiality? I'm thinking, like, 
for my line of work more so if there's like threats of harm to self or others or like abuse or crimes or anything that they've disclosed then obviously confidentiality can be breached is there something similar in your line of work um because i am certified um we do follow um standards of um practice and so we definitely have very similar um guidelines in place that if someone is a harm to themselves or others or um you know, talks about that, you know, we definitely have to um, talk to someone who is better equipped to, to help them. Is there some type of guideline, I guess, for confidentiality breaches as it relates like specifically to money or their spending? We don't have, um, we don't have guidelines that are as specific as the um, safety and harm guidelines. Um, it's more of a code of ethics that we um, abide by that the information that we hear and that we, um, you know, that we talk to them about is confidential. Um, very rarely do we need to share that with someone from outside. And if we do, we usually get permission from the client. Okay. And Do you have a kind of more specific population that you work with inside of the mental health struggles? Do you see a lot more of one diagnosis compared to another or does it just kind of all all different types? I see different types, um, but if I were to pinpoint, I would say I received more bipolar than I expected. Um, and I see a lot of high anxiety, especially after the pandemic. Do you have any insight as to why maybe those two seek you out for support more than others? Or is it just kind of how it goes? (laughs) You know, the bipolar, I'm not sure. Um, And that's a really good question. Um, So I'm not sure on that. (laughs) The anxiety, I think, you know, it's, It tends to be, I work with a lot of women, and so I think we're in a world where a lot of people aren't taking the time they need um, for self-care, to take care of themselves. Um, You know, even if they are taking medicine, they're not taking it, you know, just different different things like that. Um, It's kind of a, you know, storm of all different things that are causing it. And when you say you work with mostly women, do you still have, uh, I guess, like a wide range of diversity, though? Um, In my area, it tends to be um, not as diverse, um, but virtually I accept any client. Okay. And so, um, but I do tend to only receive women, um, you know, that I work with. Interesting. I w- I'd just be curious to know, like, maybe what the correlation is between the mental health with the females and their financial struggles. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That's- um, you know, and it's funny that you say that because um, another coach I know, she specifically deals only with women who have a lot of difficulty with their menstrual cycles. 
Okay. And it directly affects their finances. Um, there are women who tend to have very severe menstrual cycles. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes they're being treated by a doctor. Other times they're not. But she and others like her have, have recognized that when they're struggling. They're also struggling with money at the same time. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So that's completely her, her, her niche and who she works with. Um, I don't quite niche down that, that, you know, detailed, but, uh, but yeah, I see, you know, different kinds of people who come to me with their challenges. I didn't know that there was such a specific service, I guess, offered like that in depth for those struggles. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm glad I could, um, you know, to talk to you more about it so people understand that that service is out there. And you said you do take any clients basically anywhere. Is it worldwide or is it more specific to the States still? Um, it, I, for the most part, the States and um, Canada. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> now, this might be a silly question. So, in saying that you support with financial struggles, mm -hmm. what does that look like in terms of them paying for the support? Because they're, they're struggling financially and getting support with that. But do you also help them to budget so that they can actually like afford the service? Yes. So one of the first things we do is we take a look at what their current spending is and where, what other resources are, whether it's in their family, outside their family, uh, maybe some community resources, things like that. And so we'll look at um, where the money is going and how we can make some changes to be able to both afford my services, but also then start to move towards some of the goals that they might have as well for their money. And do you serve clients that are on, I don't know what the proper term would be in the States or maybe it's the same, but in Canada, Ontario works and Ontario and sorry, Ontario disability support plan. Do you serve clients on those or are they mostly employed persons? I have had one or two um, who have been on disability, but for the most part, they're usually um, actively employed. So I guess that just shows kind of that mental health does really affect everybody. Mm -hmm. One of the, I mean, there's a couple, I guess, for the podcast, but one of my bigger goals was just to raise awareness about mental health in general and show that it affects everybody and it doesn't matter, <laughs> you know, your financial status, your gender, your sex, your orientation, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So I think that just shows perfectly that you do support kind of all walks of life is the potential. Yes. And, and maybe it's just demographically kind of where you're located, but mm -hmm. I'm really glad you said that because that just speaks to my goal. So thank you. Oh, you're <laughs> welcome. Yeah, I would agree. I, I definitely think it's, it's so much more widespread than people realize, you know, there are a lot of people going through life right now that have a lot of challenges that they're silent and people just don't know what they're going through. Mm-hmm. It's very true. I was actually, just to tack on to that, I was actually supporting one of my clients who is on um, Ontario Works, so it's Welfare in Canada. 
um, and we were going to the food bank so that they could get food for, you know, the weekend a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. And there was, I mean, typically you would think that it's lower income or immigrants or refugees or that kind of thing. But I actually saw quite a few people in the food bank lineup that looked like they would be working professionals of like middle class. So you just, you really don't know who's struggling mentally or financially or both or in, in all the realms. Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. I know in my own area, we actually have a lot of families um, who are needing to go to soup kitchens. Yeah. So you're right. You don't know. Do you support some of them as your clientele as well? Um, yes, I have. Yeah. Yeah, I have. Yep. And they present their own challenges because you have, you know, children who want to do things and, um, you know, they're trying to struggle with their own health challenges at the same time trying to raise a family and the kids, mm-hmm. you know, be in sports and they want to you know, be involved in things. And so they're trying to juggle it all and, and figure it out all out on their own. And when you said that they have kind of their own set of challenges, do you have connections in your area that you would refer them out to potentially? So if it is, you know, lower income sports or health issues, do you tend to refer out or do you not even kind of touch that? Um, no, I definitely surround myself with professionals who can help if I need them to. Um, it's, I think that's really key that when you're dealing with um, and helping clients with mental health challenges, that you know all the resources in your area, that if you can't help them with something, that you know who you can refer them to. I love that. That was like the A plus answer I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any other insight into maybe listeners that are struggling financially and mentally, but don't know kind of maybe not even services that they could tend to utilize, but even just some general tips for them? I think, um, yeah, I think it's important for them to know that um, there are ways out there that they can get the help they need. Um, There are resources. Um, There are also, you know, the way you manage money can be different for everybody, whether you have a mental health challenge or not. So if something's not working for them, I think it's important for them to try another way. Um, And that's where those resources can come in. Um, Some people are very visual. Some people are much more hands-on. Some people are all computer and app related. Um, So if you're struggling to find one way to manage your money and it's not working, try something else. You know, there's all kinds of different ways to to do that. So it's important to find a way that works for you. And in saying that, I guess, again, trying to compare it to my role in social services, which isn't very easily done because I have no experience in the financial realm but do you tend to see clients that are continually coming back to you or do you find that they have success like the first time they see you I just think of a couple clients that I have on my caseload specifically who 
they are on welfare, so money is obviously very tight and it's not enough to successfully live for mm-hmm. the month. But I know that a lot of their traumas, I guess, for lack of a better word, explains why they spend how they spend. Right. Um, I, I agree. I think it depends both on the diagnosis and also on the person. Some people are able to come in for just a few sessions, get the information they need, and then they can go and, and just do it on their own. Other ones are more of a long-term support where they need regular check-ins to say, okay, here's the things you can do. Um, you know, once a month or once a quarter, you come in, we sit down, we go over it, we check to see what's working, what's not working. Um, you know, so it just depends on the person. Um, it's, and there's no way to say ahead of time what that might be until we discover what it is that works for you. Do you tend to do a lot of referrals out to, I guess, like therapists or counselors just in general, whether they actively say that they're struggling or is it just, yeah. Yeah, sometimes we do. Yep. Just depends on what their needs are. Do you tend to refer out regardless of if they say they're struggling or only when they say they're struggling? Um, well, I'm not trained. Um, however, if I can recognize that someone is struggling, I will recommend, you know, therapists and other resources in the, um, in the area. What are some of the resources in your area that you have referred out to? Just out of curiosity's sake. <laughs> yep. Um, so we have, at times, we've referred to doctors if they're struggling with multiple issues going on at one time, and maybe they feel like they're not getting the answers they need. We have referred out to therapists. Um, both we've done psychologists, psychiatrists. Um, we've also referred out to social workers when we've needed to. Um you know, and we've, we've, I've had one that was a mental health challenge that was really severe. So we had to get, um, you know, more advanced support in terms of, you know, higher level doctors and psychiatrists involved, um, you know, just to make sure she was protected, um, you know, so things like that. That's awesome. I'm glad it's such a multidisciplinary team because really mental health is health and it it encompasses all of the health, whether we like that or not. Mm-hmm. So I, I really do like that you do refer out to multiple domains and multiple realms of supports. I think that's super important to note too. Yep. And even on the financial side, sometimes, you know, we need to um, bring in an accountant or, you know, a tax uh, prep person to make sure that they're, you know, their taxes are being done correctly, that they're, you know, I mean, we've talked to attorneys who are dealing with special needs trusts, um, you know, things like that. Um, So that way their money is protected as well. Do you have any words of encouragement or any other tips for any listeners that might kind of meet the criteria for your services, but don't think they're quite ready yet or, or don't want necessarily the service, but Yeah, I think, um, you know, certainly Google is a wonderful thing. Um, 
you can find some good quality articles um, when you need to, if you can't afford services. Um, there are free financial counselors who do work in nonprofits who can also help um, if you can't afford services. And so those would certainly be your first, you know, steps um, if you think that that will be a challenge for you. You can also make sure that you have people in your corner, whether it's friends or family, um, who understand the challenges you're going through and can help, uh, at least on a surface level, to make sure that your spending is okay, that your bank accounts are okay, you know, you're not being taken advantage of in any way, things like that. Um, so those are probably your immediate, most, uh, most immediate resources that I would refer to. I don't know if the name is different in the States as well as from Canada, but we have a, and I'm trying to think of what the acronym stands for, but it's a PG&T um, I want to say it's like a power, a power of attorney okay. over finances, uh -huh. but I don't know that that's what the acronym stands for. Okay. Um, but essentially it's when somebody's deemed unable to take care of their own finances. So it goes to somebody typically like a third party or an agency and they kind of right. up the funds. Yeah. Do you, do you have any experience with that as well? Um, I do not in my role. There are some people who do, but I do not. So that would be another one that you would tend to refer out to if, if necessary? Yep, correct. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being a guest and sharing all this insight. I did not know that these services were even out there. So I'm, oh, sure, oh. I'm sure that when I don't know something, there's at least one other person that probably didn't know as well. Yeah. yeah. Is, I'm very is, glad that I could speak to it. Is there anywhere that any of the listeners can find you on any social medias or um, websites I, or anything like that? Yep. I am on Instagram for life money management. Okay. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook under my name, Julian Miller. And uh, of course, LinkedIn also is Julianne Miller or, or just my website.